to Next in Ed. I'm Joe. And I'm Julie. And today we have a very special guest in the studio with us. Julie, would you like to tell us who we've got today? Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. Today we have the fabulous Stephanie Legrone. The fabulous. Yes. And if you haven't heard of her, you will today because you're, you're just going to love the interview with her today. She's so exciting and so vibrant. She is the academic supervisor for Mobile County Public Schools. She's in charge of the science curriculum and all the science teachers and PD and everything else, right, Stephanie? Correct. <laughs> and so also robotics for the county. Now, remember, we're the largest school system in Alabama, so this is a lot of to be in charge of. I would right? think so, yeah. Um, I think it's 100 schools. At 86? 86 schools. Robotics, uh, AP programs, uh, the academic competitions. Oh, which I've seen her in action with, though. She loves the academic competitions. And she's also a Milken awardee, which... Wow, that's a big deal. That is a very, very big deal. They don't give out a lot of those. No, they don't. Do they? <laughs> no, no. They usually do... Um, uh, it used to be one per state per year, but I think that they've even culled it since then. So exactly. I think it's gone down to around anywhere from... 35250 right and a that, year. that's a major honor that's not something you apply for that's something that is awarded to you like Milken goes out and finds you and so correct you I have think to be pretty that, fabulous uh, that is it Liam Neeson from Taken mm-hmm. I will find you yes <laughs> that's what they are but, but they no. didn't take you. No, they we did kept, not take We kept you. you. Mm-hmm. We kept you and uh she's been teaching for 17 17 years. I was gonna say I, I don't she had to have gotten that, you got that award while you were in, still in the classroom? Yes, I got it in 2009, and I started in the classroom in 2003, teaching chemistry at uh, Mary G. Montgomery Skull Vikes. Nice. <laughs> Go Vikes. Skull Vikes. Right. Well, I was looking at your bio, too, and I noticed that you did not start out in education. You started out, uh, you, you have your degree in chemistry. Correct, correct. So I got my degree in chemistry at South Alabama. And while I was at South Alabama, I was actually working, um, it's kind of a roundabout story, I was working in retail, retail management, um, which is very long hours. I know, it, it was a way to kind of get pay, help pay for college. Yeah, because it's pay not for dorm room. chemistry. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um when I, after I graduated, I stayed in retail management because they pay very well mm-hmm. uh, at that time. It's mm-hmm. a lot of hours. If you divide it by the number of hours you work, they don't pay you very well. Right. But per year, it's kind of like teaching. Yes, yeah. yes, just like teaching. <laughs> um, so it kind of um, hit me and my husband one day, you know, hey, you've got this chemistry degree. Why are you not using it? And it was very serendipitous. I happened to call um, HR and said, hey, I have this chemistry degree. Do y'all need chemistry teachers? And she said, call George Romano at Mary G. Montgomery. Mm-hmm. And I called him, and he said, can you be here in 30 minutes? And oh, wow. they yeah. needed him right away. Exactly. <laughs> so I went, and I interviewed, and he said, all right, can you start next week? And it was, um, I think it was like January 1st or 2nd that I interviewed with him, and I started the first day of that uh, second semester. And so he gave this uh, little girl with no teaching experience a, a shot. That's fascinating, and and I take heart, I take heart with that because it's a similar story to my own. So I really I really like that story. And I would think that principals probably don't get a lot of phone calls that say, "Hey, <laughs> do you need a chemistry teacher? Right. A chemistry teacher? Okay. Do you need a majestic unicorn?" <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, of problem. course, of course we do. That's great. That is great. So we. 
in, in having this conversation with you today, uh, we've, you've kind of talked about what you did prior to becoming the academic supervisor, the role that you're in now. And part of what we want to talk to you today about is the challenges that you have faced since the pandemic. And so if you could kind of walk us up to that point and then start telling us a little bit about how your department started handling things when all of a sudden the school system goes into remote learning. And I know that's going to lead us into some uh, a pretty interesting role that you have taken on since that time. Yeah, it was very interesting, and it happened very quickly. So um, we literally had high Q finals for uh, – Now, tell us what high Q is. Okay, so high Q is an academic competition okay. uh, that is uh, very quiz bowly. Mm-hmm. So it's um, students have to study certain Shakespeare plays and read certain short stories and know certain periods in history, and it's kind of a uh, an academic – decathlon uh, Mm -hmm. with school against school on your knowledge of these topics. So we had had um, our Haikyuu finals that week. I can't remember if it was a Tuesday or Thursday. I think it was on Thursday uh, at Theodore High School that night. And then the very next day was when things started clamping down. So it went from business as usual, uh, which is just like what it did throughout the country. It was business Mm -hmm. as usual. And then all of a sudden, it was go time. Mm-hmm. You know, it was everything was changing minute by minute, second by second, and it was just adapting as quickly as possible. Uh, so one of the issues that we had to address in TLA was how do we get this curriculum to our kids? Okay, TLA. Oh. I have to stop when we come to acronyms. I'm saying because, acronyms. Well, educators, just we, we're just so used to them all right. the time, and so, but, but we want to make sure that our listeners know that it's Teaching, Learning, and Assessment Department, Correct. which is what you're under. The department that I'm in, in. yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So one of the challenges that we faced was how do we get curriculum to our kids uh, if they're not going to be face-to-face with us and with the teachers in the classroom. And, you know, going digital was the easiest way to do that. So a lot of teachers were already using platforms like Google Classroom and Moodle and um, Schoolology uh, and different, and Canvas and things like that. So it was not anything new for some teachers, but it was a very new world for a lot of teachers. So we had to figure out a way to not just get training to them, but to get curriculum to them. What is it that they should be teaching? Because they may, if they were in the classroom, not have as many digital resources as what they're about to need. So it was very much a rush to try to pull as much quality things together, um, good quality over quantity, together as we could. Um, Then the second hurdle we hit was, well, what do you do with those kids that don't have internet access? Um, and that maybe don't have a device that they're going to be able to use. And the technology department mm-hmm. did an amazing job, like, deploying uh, Wi-Fi hotspots, and schools were deploying laptops. And uh, But there's still always going to be that subset that they don't have Internet access. Even if you give them a hotspot, they're not in an area that Correct. they're going to get it. Mm-hmm. So there had to be a way to um, reach those kids also. So communications uh, set up these... TV shows that we film Monday through Friday, 8 o'clock in the morning till around 3 in the afternoon, and each day has a particular theme or grade level. Uh, so we, I was tasked with finding some rock star science teachers mm-hmm. that would film 30-minute shows 
uh, on Wednesdays throughout the day to um, get content Mm -hmm. to these kids that needed it. And I think the interesting thing that we found is we thought we were doing it for those kids that didn't have internet or devices. But what we found is there were lots of kids watching this show. Right. They didn't always want to be on a device to see something. Correct. To see it on the television made it accessible for everyone. Correct. And being on TV and science, you can do some things that you can't necessarily do or it's much more difficult to do in a digital platform. So if a kid is on their online course reading about science, um, you know, they may not fully understand that concept. But on TV, we have a platform to where we can actually show them demonstrations and show them experience. So you really get to the... um, to the heart of what science education is supposed to be. We actually get to do science for them. And it's not, you know, the best scenario. Best scenario is we want kids doing this. Right, and for them to be hands-on with exactly. it. Exactly. But I think it was the next best thing to where, like I think back to our sixth grade teacher, Jacqueline Adams, being able to show eclipses and phases of the moon. And that's a very difficult concept to teach if you can't see it. Yeah, if you don't have models with it, if you don't have visuals exactly to do that exactly and that's harder to do on a digital on a digital platform did you have all grade levels or we did secondary so we did sixth grade science seventh grade science eighth grade science and then in high school we did chemistry physical science and biology so it was these core courses that you were focused on correct correct otherwise if we did all sciences then we would have just had to show all day every day right (laughs) which would be dominated correct (laughs) What I love about this is that we just had uh, David Ackridge in as a guest, who is the, the director of the, the IT department here at the, in the school system. And we had this whole conversation about the broadcasting and about the, the TV studio and, and all of these just top-notch people from the television industry that work here in the school system. And just that whole conversation about that kind of platform and and now we're getting to talk with you as someone who had to go in and um, tell us what that was like. I mean, did how did you pull this all together? I mean, I, I'm assuming you've got a background in retail management yeah, and chemistry but, and teaching, but not necessarily television. So how how did you guys structure this? What was the... How did you become a producer? Yeah, how did this all come <laughs> about? I mean, because you not just... You weren't just in charge of finding teachers. You also have been teaching some of these in front of the camera, correct? Correct, correct. So tell us a little bit about that experience. Well, uh, first of all, when I made my list of, you know, who, who would be, because it's, it's, not, it's not always just who do you know are your best teachers. You have to find who do you know are your best teachers, and you know that they're going to be very dynamic on the camera. If you look at the Science Day, so if you watch the, the mm-hmm. videos on science, there are some very vibrant and outgoing personalities. So you had to work through who am I going to, who am I going to get that will be good on television? Correct. As well. Correct. And I went, what was their response? Um, it was it was very funny. I was like, "How am I going to get? How am I going to convince these teachers to do this?" And literally, everyone I called was like, "Absolutely, what do you need?" I mean, it was without hesitation. Okay. Um, I think we ended up having to replace um, before we shot one or two people. Uh, we ended up having to um, 
find find another person because there were some conflicts. But without hesitation, these teachers just rose to the challenge. And it, it is new for them. It is new. It was new for me. We were all very nervous. I can tell you, I'm not one that gets nervous at all. I was nervous all day that day. I think <laughs> I even posted a Facebook post, like with me biting my nails, going, okay, this is me about to go on live TV. Because uh, people joke. Oh, so and it's say, live. It is live. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes. yes. So Very people joke and say, Stephanie Lagrona is not one you should put on speakerphone or have on live television. <laughs> but, well, how did it go? It was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I can tell you is that everyone 100% said 25 minutes is way faster than you think it is. I sure. think it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, let me ask you this, too. I saw it. I saw your, the episode. Can you share what you did, like, at the beginning and how important that is for instruction. Correct. So um, at the beginning, uh, I I actually filmed the chemistry show. So at the very beginning, I thought, okay, well, I'm not just capturing a classroom of kids. I have to capture kids that are watching TV. And uh, so I channeled my inner Mr. Wizard. For those of you that are (laughs) of my age, and for those of you that are not, I channel my inner Bill Nye, the science guy. And, you know, if you want to grab attention, it's kind of easy to do in chemistry. You blow something up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, (laughs) yes. So I was able to uh, just put fire in my hand. I was able to hold fire. And uh, it got a lot Wizard of attention. Indeed. Yes, yes. Uh, what is this magic? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> one of my uh, one of my uh, relatives had said, "Oh my gosh, you look like the wizard, the new wizard of the dark arts from uh, Harry Potter." Oh, yes. yeah. It was a very good picture. Love it was that. a very good. Oh yes, picture. I've yeah. seen the picture. Yeah, yeah. And and you can uh, just a little plug here. I think you can go back and pull these episodes off of our YouTube channel. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes, you absolutely can. So if you go back to the YouTube channel and watch um, the very first video, it was on Introduction to Chemical Reactions. Mm-hmm. It's at the beginning. So but you can get one. any of our uh, any of the MCPSS lessons, I think, on the YouTube. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and we'll have to make sure we put that link in our, on our Facebook yes, page. Yes, that would be great so. because I know everyone will be <laughs> wanting to go back to see that episode of The Wizard Legrone getting fire in her hand that would be so awesome and i also had a friend that um you know talk about engaging students while they're on while you're on tele from television i had a friend say that um and she contacted you too that her son watched you pop popcorn in a test tube yes and after that he was like mom i knew that i I knew how popcorn worked but i didn't know it was science you know (laughs) (laughs) and so he goes back and he starts doing some more research about that and and just that just that level of engagement that you didn't even know about happened in their home correct correct and i knew that there's a slide that i use that i've used the last two weeks to kind of summarize um you know to close out the lesson and there's a picture on there that said science it's like magic but real <laughs> yes and I think that if you get kids to drawn in with that magic and you can explain it then they're hooked you you have somebody that's hooked on science for life right I that. and I think all three of us sitting in here today all have taught science mm-hmm. or are still teaching science right. and so we we all know intimately that what that's like to to hook a kid on science and get them excited about it. And we'll get them excited about learning That's yeah. right. in, in, in whatever the content. It just expands all together. Exactly. And, and what I love about that you. is once you hook them 
with that excitement, then you can fold in reading. You can Absolutely. fold in math. You can fold in social studies. You can fold in art. You can fold in everything. That's Absolutely. Right. So, I mean, that to me is a way to engage. I mean, how difficult is it to want to teach hands-on science and not be able to be hands-on? Correct. Correct. Uh, you know, because we went through a long time before we had our new science standards mm-hmm. that in Alabama came out in 2015. Our standards were very low level. They were very identify this right. or define that. And it was science out of a book. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, research shows that that is not the best way to learn science. But, you know, it was ingrained for a long time. And it's very hard to shift that mindset of not just teachers, but of parents Mm -hmm. and students. And, you know, there are still parents that want to know, where's our science textbook? And, you know, you worry, well, if I give you a physical textbook, are we going to go back to just reading about science? True. And you don't want to have that slide either by using television. Correct. So you want to make sure you're still engaging with Popping popcorn and making fire in your hand. and Correct, and doing which is one they can't do at home. I don't suggest that. <laughs> but popping popcorn, I definitely suggest doing at home. So uh, they'll be looking it up. <laughs> before we uh, hit record, uh, you mentioned something about a challenge that your family poses to you because it – is it been how many weeks have you been doing this? Um, this coming week will be the last week. Wednesday's the last day that we film, so we end with science. We will end with a bang. Um, and uh, literally, I don't know. Oh, I haven't planned it yet. Okay, so I got to figure. I guess now I'm I'm kind of <laughs> yes. held to the yes, end of the bang. Uh, we did have a whoosh bottle last week. A though. whoosh bottle. A whoosh bottle. Yes. Again, more fire. You light a. Um, you put some uh, ethyl alcohol into a Kentwood water bottle and light it and it whooshes like a jet out of the top. I'm going to have to do that. Yes. <laughs> Definitely the best demo for a combustion reaction. Yeah. Uh, but so the challenge that my husband has and my son have given me for the last two weeks, it just started two weeks ago, is five minutes before we go live, they text me a word. And my challenge is I have to work that word into the, the lesson the for the day, mm-hmm. and they're intently watching, waiting for mom to say the word. I love that. That's like, That's whose awesome. line is it anyway? Yes. Really, so it's an inside thing between you yes. and your family. That's so cool. What? So give us some words. Yeah. Okay, so about? the week before, the two weeks ago, the word, it was super easy. They, they threw me a softball. They did not throw me a softball last week. Um, the two weeks ago, the word was calendar. Oh. And it, yeah, so if you watch the video, I start the lesson off with, good morning, boys and girls. It's May. If you look at your calendar today, it's May 6th. Yeah, Super that was easy. too easy. Yes. The word for Wednesday was pickle. Pickle. <laughs> Correct. What was your, what was your lesson about? Um, I reminded students that if they did not know how to write formulas from names of chemicals, they would be in a pickle when they tried to write chemical uh-huh. reactions. Clever. So you do kind Very of stop clever. and then wink at the camera <laughs> if you say the word and then continue on. Yeah, well, I know that they are watching TV just waiting, waiting oh, for the word. So I knew there was a large uproar when that's I said great. the word. Pickle. That's fun. Mm-hmm. And and I think that also shows that, that you've become a little bit more relaxed with the work. You're not quite as nervous, nervous as you are. Correct. And so the first one was everybody was nervous. After that, um, we had some of our teachers come in and, you know, I'm there all day to help any needs that they have. And uh, when they would come in, uh, several of them by week three said, I'm so 
glad I'm here today. I needed this. I needed to be able to do what I do and to teach. And even though it's not in front of a classroom of kids, I know there are kids out there that are watching this. And uh, teachers are uploading it to their own Google Classrooms. Uh, they're uploading, you know, the, the lessons, not just to the teacher that's teaching it, other science teachers that teach that same thing are uploading it to their Google Classrooms and virtual classrooms also, um, so their kids can also watch that. That's fascinating. Well, I'm thinking that as we close out school and the new school year begins, that these teachers are not going to want to not do this anymore. I know. I will say that uh, I've already had conversations because, you know, your your mind starts spinning, and I'm like, oh, this could this could really be big. This could really be an opportunity um, to have, you know, a set of lessons out there. So I would love that as a long-term plan to be able to have uh, sets of lessons that were ready to go because I think it could do a lot of good. I think, number one, it would be um, – good to have students engaged if, you know, we don't know what the future for next year is going to hold. So it would be great to have um, some videos ready to go. Uh, I think not only for the kids to help engagement, but also to help newer teachers. I find that um, a lot of teachers through videos are really gaining a lot of content knowledge that they may not have because not everybody comes in to education in science with a chemistry degree or with a biology degree. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I really think that that could um, serve multiple functions. And that was one of the things that, that David Ackridge was talking about is that this was actually something that he had envisioned for a long time of having teachers teaching lessons and it being filmed for television. And so I know that on their end, they don't want to see it go away. And I think you hit some valid points because what happens if November rolls around, which some people are predicting that there may be a, a second wave of, of this pandemic in, in November, what happens if we have to shut down again? Mm-hmm. If you guys are already in the process of doing this and, and filming these, maybe maybe it doesn't become live anymore, maybe it's pre-recorded, and then you have these that you can, that you can start to roll out. But I think, it, we were talking about being nervous and stuff, but I can envision, I mean, as teachers, you know, we know that we're, we're not supposed to always be up lecturing, but when we are up in front of the class, we are performing in a way. Oh, and so absolutely. I think it's very natural for teachers, once they get past that initial fear and the camera becomes the kids, then they're good to go. Yeah, I was thinking I just, the same I, thing. I'm, I'm imagining... Like, I know Jacqueline, and I know how good she is, and I can just imagine she's not even paying attention to the cameras anymore. Right. She's just teaching. Right. Exactly. The only time you're paying attention to the camera is when they hold that sign up that says 10 minutes, and you're like, oh, my, oh God. my <laughs> <laughs> You're not even finished. Well, I'm um, thinking about what you just said, Joe, about having having some uh, lessons that were already pre-recorded. But also, we were discussing before how we could blend this into a regular school day. Because I can just see where, you know, there's teachers, like you said, about the content knowledge. They don't know the content knowledge. But if they saw Jacqueline do this lesson or saw you do something just so engaging and showed that to the students, and then they turn around and try to do that in their classroom and make it 
hands-on for the students then. So it's not just them watching a video exactly. of somebody else doing it, but it's a, it's a great way to make teachers in the classroom feel comfortable with science. Exactly. And doing some hands-on. So if a new chemistry teacher that's never taught before sees me popping one kernel of popcorn in a test tube and really pulling that into a large lesson right. about percent composition, right. well, that doesn't look intimidating to them anymore. They're right. like, oh, Right, I and they can even show that to the kids, and the kids are like, oh, okay, well, let's do it. Mm-hmm. You exactly. know, let's do it, because they wouldn't be able to do that at home. Exactly. Like you said. So I, I just think that would be a great way to to blend that in. Do you see that happening? Um, I'm hopeful. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely hopeful that that would be something that would move forward. I think that the I can speak for the science teachers that have participated. They've really enjoyed this experience. I know I have. I very much look forward to Wednesdays. Um it's a, it's a long day, but you smile all day long because you see these teachers in action that you, you know, you don't always get to see every single teacher every single day. So watching these teachers in action perform their craft at this, this level, um, knowing that they're helping so many kids out there get the content knowledge that they need and helping teachers, other teachers also, um, it's been a very um, inspiring thing to be a part of an inspiring thing to watch well we're looking forward to seeing how it continues on in the regular school year and hopefully if you don't mind we'd love to have you come back at some point in the future and maybe reflect on this and see how has it progressed since since then that would be a great conversation i'm sure there's other things we could talk about as well right well we, we appreciate you giving your giving us your insights and your enthusiasm i know it just comes across um even through the air just you're just electric. You're on fire, Ooh, girl on fire. <laughs> you are girl on fire. <laughs> you are girl on fire. And, and you know, just to have those insights and that enthusiasm for instruction and for children and for learning is just, we just really appreciate you sharing your time with us today. Well, I really appreciate being invited. Thank you, Thank you so much. And uh, please tune in next time as Julie and I continue to explore what's next, next in Ed. Ed. Don't forget to subscribe. If you like what you heard, please rate and review this podcast so others can find us. The Next in Ed podcast is brought to you by the Mobile County Public Schools IT Department in partnership with the Department of Counseling and Instructional Sciences at the University of South Alabama. Engineered by Tim VP Media Production. Music by Justin Matthews. Hosted by Dr. Joe Gaston and Julie Neidhart. Follow us on Twitter at NextInEd and on Facebook. Guests on the podcast are expressing personal opinions for informational purposes only. They are not necessarily acting as official representatives for their schools, universities, organizations, or places of employment. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.